Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Empathy is pathology. Uh, you know, you should be having your own feelings, and you, the observer, can have integrity and respond. But when you're an energy, that's really kind of like being an energy vampire. Hi, I'm Dr. Amy Robbins, and welcome to Life, Death, and the Space Between podcast. I'm a licensed clinical psychologist and medium, and here we explore life, death, consciousness, and what it all means. Today's guest is a treat of all treats. I have been following Laura Day for years on Instagram. I am so incredibly excited to speak with you today. And for those who don't know Laura, Laura is a New York Times bestselling author who has spent four decades helping individuals, organizations, and companies harness and develop their innate intuitive abilities to create profound change. Newsweek magazine calls her the $10,000 a month psychic, adding when business people need a crystal ball, they turn to consultant Laura Day, the intuitionist. The Independent dubbed her the psychic of Wall Street. A-list Hollywood stars and Wall Street executives praise her ability to predict future events, including the 2008 recession, with astounding accuracy. Laura's work has helped demystify intuition and bring her into the main and bring it into the mainstream. In her workshops and presentations, she demonstrates practical, verifiable, and sometimes astonishing uses of intuition in the field of business, science, medicine, and personal growth. Laura has trained thousands of people and companies to use their brains, perception, and sixth sense in effective ways to realize their goals. 
She is the author of six best-selling books, Practical Intuition, Practical Intuition and Love, Practical Intuition and Success, The Circle, Welcome to Your Crisis, and How to Rule the World from Your Couch. Welcome, Laura. Thank you. Wow. What an intro. Thank you so much. What amazing work you've done. And I am so excited to get started today diving right into what exactly is probably the question you get asked a million times, intuition. And how do we distinguish intuition from thoughts and feelings? Okay. Well, those are two separate, really big questions. Uh, intuition is non-local perception. So the idea that we have a sixth sense is really a, a misnomer. It is an extension of all of our senses in time and space. So it's the ability to view a remote location, to experience someone else's feelings, even if they're in the, not in the room, even if you don't know them. Um, it's the ability to really do everything you do in your immediate environment but do it in a very mobile way. So, um, you know, the, the, um, what, what people usually go to a psychic for is either telepathy, what is this person thinking or feeling, or precognition, what's going to happen. But actually, it's a, a whole umbrella with lots of spokes of the different ways we organically use our senses to perceive the environment that is not directly accessible to what we experience as our senses limitations. Um, and everybody, you know, everyone has it. And I, I started as a lab rat in my early twenties. Um, one of the things, you know, they said, oh, you're a freak, let us do, let us test all these perceptions. And I took all their tests and did them on everybody I met. I mean, I was 22 years old, this is more than 40 years ago and found that there's nobody who can't do this. Not everybody's a Rembrandt, but everyone is experiencing this all the time. So your second question, and I'm a New Yorker, so I, it's so important that in between my breaths, feel free to interrupt because I will okay. speak nonstop. <laughs> I love a New Yorker. So. <laughs> so your second question was, how do you differentiate your thoughts and fears and your intuition? And that is really hard to do. Um, and it's a real, it's a very good question. First of all, intuition tends to be accurate and actionable. Your fears are usually not actionable. Oh my God, this is gonna happen and there's nothing I can do about it and I'm frozen. That is not intuition. That is that you need better psych meds or to talk to your therapist or to go out for a run. Th that kind of repetitive, um, cyclical thinking is not ever intuition. Intuition is very compelling and it comes with a to-do action. Um, and your thoughts, again, our thoughts tend to be based on our habitual beliefs, what we habitually see, our habitual fears, our habitual experiences. Again, intuition is out of left field. It really is something that your other cognitive skills aren't taking in. Your intellect isn't cueing you. Your emotions aren't cueing you. All of a sudden, boom, look here, cue. And again, that cue comes with something actionable because as a survival skill, it isn't, oh, let's, let's investigate this more for the fun of it. That's intellect. Or 
let's focus on that spot on the tip of a spot on the tip of a spot that's neurosis that's a, mm-hmm. your patterning intuition is what oh wow what is that let me process ah this is what to do about it it's all about survival so you talk about it being useful actionable and accurate are those those are sort of the three areas in which intuition in in and how we know it's intuition versus something else. And it has to be all three. So can you break that down in terms of exactly what that would look like in an in an experience, like with an example? Okay. Um, I can only use, it's funny because creativity is a long, complex process. Intuition really is an idiot's gift. Two-year-olds are intuitive. They're not intellectual. They're not emotionally savvy. Um, so I have to use a, a real example. So let, let me just think of a of a recent real example. Um, for those of you who have reached out on Patreon and donated, thank you so much for heeding that call. Thank you. If you have not yet supported the podcast, please go to Patreon, put in Dr. Amy Robbins, and there is an opportunity to support at whatever feels comfortable for you. It helps me with the production costs. My small, very small, but mighty team, it helps keep all of that running. So if you are a fan of the podcast, please consider donating whatever feels good to you. $5 a month, $20 a month, please take a minute and donate. Also, I am so excited that my course that I have been working on for years is getting ready. We're getting closer. It will be launched at some point this year. So if you're interested, please go ahead and put yourself on the wait list on my website at dramyrobbins.com. Also, if you happen to have any companies that you think are aligned with the vibe of this podcast, I'm looking for sponsorships as well. And the best thing you can do to help this podcast is to spread it via word of mouth. I know so many of you have already said, I've shared this with my friend or even therapists have shared it with their patients and patients have shared it with therapists. If you love the podcast, please, please share it. We have an online global reach here. So go ahead, tell your friends, tell your family, rate and review the podcast. Just spread the word so we can continue spreading messages of love and light and consciousness and awareness and science and spirituality and just how to live the most meaningful life that you possibly can. Please support Life, Death, and the Space Between. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. 
Bumble and Bumble Seaweed's invigorating shower ritual feels like an escape. Start with nutrient-infused shampoo and conditioner. The formula infused with royal sugar kelp, green microalgae, and Pacific sea kelp helps keep your scalp hydrated. Then open your jar of seaweed whipped scalp scrub to add two times more shine to your hair instantly. And before you head out, use seaweed air dry cream to give your hair that effortless beach look. Make your shower feel like an oasis with the Bumble and Bumble Seaweed Collection. Dive in now at bumbleandbumble.com. Okay, uh, I woke up in the morning. I was um, really worried about this friend of mine and something not good happening to them. I immediately had a sense of what they needed to do uh, there at a in a different time zone, an earlier time zone. Um, so I actually, anxiety did build as I waited, although it was something I didn't want to put in writing. Then I picked up the phone. They had a, an important meeting and exactly what I had to say came up at the meeting. So it was mm. something they needed to know. They needed to change the action they had planned. Um, I needed to let them know, not just telepathically, but actually say, hey, this is going to happen, do this. Um, and I knew what the thing was, and it was proven in time. So accurate, you don't always know, which is why when you get a sense to do something intuitively, it's important to then bring in reason. You know, if your intuition is saying jump off the Brooklyn Bridge, I would take a pause, check it out, look if there's some other way you could deal with the issue. Uh, if the, your intuition is saying don't eat anchovies for a few days, you might want to try it out and maybe that skin rash goes away. Mm. It it really, um, it it's not, and, and intuition um, little intuitions tend to get blown up by our anxieties. And my favorite example is my son went to, my son is now 31, went to nursery school right under my house. And I was going through a divorce. So not looking like an hysterical parent was really important. It's 11 in the morning. I get a sudden image mm. of my son covered in blood. Now, my instinct was to rush down there. And I was really, I was beside myself. I grabbed the phone, took a breath, called the front desk. And they said, oh, so funny you should call. Uh, your son just uh, cut himself in art and the blood scared him. Mm. And um, uh, why, why don't you pop down and say hello? And so there was an action I needed to take. I picked it up because... I'm his mother, but my, my emotions blew it up into a monster. So it's really important when you can to check out those intuitions and then to not always check them out because that, that becomes compulsive, but to yeah. notice, oh, on health issues with my family, I hear frequency two at decibel 10. 
Um, I tend to ignore the knock-knock of intuition when it has to do with detaching myself from seductive relationships. Mm -hmm. you, it, it is, um, although intuition is an idiot's gift and we do all have it, we train our intellect over our entire lifetime. We train our emotions over our entire lifetime or we'd all be raping and pillaging. We do need to at least minimally train our intuition and that includes psychic self-defense because it is active. It's always active. We don't know what's intuition, what's thought, what's fear until we train it. And when we train it and apply it, whether we're using it in relationship or business or in being healthier because healing, really using that, that information and energy to get yourselves to act and react in different way, ways, we need to be able to use it as a powerful tool for change. Well, and it sounds like you're really talking about these subtle shifts that you notice these subtle hits that obviously over years and years, you've been able to distinguish the difference. But I think for people who aren't, is that, is that accurate? They're subtle all the time. I, they're, they're, at the, they're at the same decibel as your thoughts and your emotions. We're just, mm. we, are, we are adaptively trained away from our intuitions. I mean, when people, call me and say, oh, you know, or email and say, oh, my child is so intuitive. I'm like, that's pathology. You should, you do not want your child to be able to feel everyone's feelings or to be able to move out of their environment. You want them to channel that intuition into getting along with others, into creativity, mm -hmm. into ego development, having an eye, which is what my new book that's coming out in, in March is about. How important, you know, if you don't have an ego, you have nothing to channel all of that information and energy through. You create nothing if you don't have an ego. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I always say an indigo child is lacking oxygen. We don't want, you know, the indigo, the super intuitive children. Those are children whose parents are not or, or caretakers or schools are not setting adequate boundaries because what childhood about is about is taking our perceptions from that one energy we share and developing the very, very functional structures of ego through which we create self, relationship, wealth, enjoyment, home, integrity, and so many other things in this physical world that we inhabit. So how does intuition differ from, or is it, how is it similar to being empathic? And I know being an empath is like a big thing. And I agree with you. I, I'm not sure it's super productive for everybody to be going around saying, I'm such an empath. I take in everybody's stuff. That to me says, you need to learn to set some real clear boundaries. Yeah, exactly. Um, well, you said you just answered your question because <laughs> I, I'm on board. When people say I'm an empath, I say a couple things, and a lot of them aren't popular. One is empathy is pathology. Uh, you know, you should be having your own feelings, and you, the observer, can have integrity and respond. But when you're an energy, that's really kind of like being an energy vampire. Mm. I feel my grief when I can grieve for someone else's loss. I feel my 
my love when I can love another. You need to be able to feel your own feelings. So empathy is a lack of boundaries. And I actually, for my Instagram users who we meet every day, I, I have therapists come on twice a year to talk about boundaries, not my specialty, um, to, <laughs> to speak about boundaries. And um, and actually the most intuitive people are people who are, who are the opposite of empaths, are people who are on the spectrum, who compartmentalize, who are able to um, have a, that wonderful uh, integrity of a bird's eye view and to make well-reasoned decisions. Um, mm. Ocean, and I think of empathy as an emotion. It's an emotional state. Emotion and accurate intuitive data are at opposite ends of the spectrum. I always, my students always say, how do I know it's intuition? I say, no, no matter how wonderful or horrible it is, you feel no reaction from it. Yeah, that's, a, that's when I've had those intuitive hits too, it like comes so instantly. And then I'm like, oh, and then suddenly right after that, it's like emotion gets connected to it in a way that feels like, okay, you just stepped out of intuition and into thinking, feeling. Although I saw on your description that you're a medium and mediumship is the one exception to this rule. And again, mediumship is not empathy because you're absent in mediumship. Mediumship is becoming something else momentarily so that you can express its point of view. Um, and well, can you explain that? Because even as I was listening to, to your, I was listening to the, to the, to your last book, um, how to rule from the, from your couch. And you talked differently about mediumship than I had ever really heard it being talked about before. So can you just describe what that, how you define it? Sure. So most intuitive states are, are observer states. They're Precognition is you're your able to perceive the future. Remote viewing is you're perceiving a remote location. Even astral projection, you are you are in two places at once, but it is it, you are existing and observing. However, mediumship is we are born medium. So we are born undifferentiated from our environment. It really takes many years before you have a firm sense that you are separate from your bed, that you're separate from your teddy bear, that you're separate from your mommy, then you're separate from a noise in the room. You are one with everything. And organic development allows us to separate and then we're able to re-engage with that oneness from a place of being able to use it to create in the world. Mediumship is when you actually perceive something by becoming it. So you perceive it's in a sense, it's the least intuitive skill predictively, but it's the best intuitive skill for knowing how someone or something feels about itself. Um, when mm. I train, I do something called boot camp every year, which is really a training for intuitives because I, I don't take clients anymore, um, but I, I train people who do. And so one of the uh, things that I tell them is mediumship is when you're using I for a reading. You know, when if I ask you to be a medium for a business and you're speaking as the business, you say, oh, 
I feel my shipping department is is not supporting me. Um, I I can't find my market. Um, then I'd say, okay, use your mediumship to be your market. And then you change positions and the medium mm -hmm. is the market and the market can say, um, I, you know, you speak to the market. Why, why don't you want me? Well, your, your package too big. I don't want to carry you home. I don't want to ship you. So mediumship is really becoming the object of inquiry. And it's very important when doing mediumship that you return to your own mindfulness because psychic self, when people say they're empaths, often they're saying they're mediums. Often they're saying they're mediums who don't have good boundary structures to be able to go back to their mindfulness. And remember, your power is in the moment and in your mindfulness. It's, it's not even, even if you know the future, if you're not in yourself and your life enough to do something about it, mm -hmm. not useful, you know, just more, more to be anxious about. So it, it's so important to find that state of mindfulness. And we, we, we confuse because of the lingo, you know, whatever, whatever spirituality is marketing becomes, as I call it, magicalized. Totally. Right. It's the same in psychology with like a new diagnosis. Everyone's into trauma. It's right. like, and everybody's a narcissist. And three years ago, everybody was an empath. And now that's sort of fading out. And yeah, it's like the du jour. And it's the same in the spiritual pathology it was all SSRIs at one time and now you know it's it's just it's a whole now it's all about sleep which by the way I'm totally on board with it is so about sleep but um but it's, don't, it's, don't it's, take away my eight hours from me ever because it is not a pretty sight but it's it, it 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 you know things go in these in these incredible trends and mindfulness is not a meditation mindfulness is the actual awareness to the question of how are you where are you who are you what are you doing yeah is, i always i say the same thing is mindfulness is conscious awareness yes are you aware of where you are in the day-to-day -day, minute to minute moment Yes, which is where your power is. You know, I um, I tend to attract, especially in boot camp, very intuitively gifted people. A lot of people who label themselves as empaths uh, or trauma survivors, because you know, when when everything falls apart, what saves you often is your intuition and becomes mm -hmm. lining. Um, but I I I one of the uh, real struggles with them is the you know what your power is not on in being omniscient it's not even in being omnipotent or omnipresent your power is being in this moment where your power actually is where you can take an action have the conversation make the interchange through awareness that allows you to create anything and miracles are everyday occurrences and it's so important that people do value the present. I mean, what one of my ahas always as a healer was that people would pay $150 an hour for a healing and $5,000 an hour for a reading. And you think, you know, the healing, the restructuring of self, being able to actually uh, 
create what you want. That's the miracle, not knowing what's going to happen because that, that you can change. You and are so speaking to me at like my absolute core right now. And this is, this is exactly like, even when I talk about the most spiritual thing you can do, I always say it's to know yourself. That is the most spiritual thing you can do. Well, keep going. I just want to hear more about this. I, I'm like, and, and, you know, there's a lot also about neurodiversity. Um, and one of the things I love about the whole thing on neuro, I have very, I come from a family with everyone has very severe ADHD, of course, most of them have suicided, but I am the survivor and I have the worst ADHD. And it has, you know, it allowed me to survive. It allowed me to survive because I, I didn't get a lot of compassion. I had to survive. I was the oldest child and your pathology can be your potential. But you have to, I'm not, it's important to know that you're injured, but it's important that you are on a hero's journey, not on a victim's wine. You know, it is, it is, you know, so much is not okay. That's a reality in life. Mm -hmm. But what is your, what is your hero's journey and who are your helpers? And I'll hear people say, oh, well, I can't afford therapy. Well, you can afford AA, you can afford NA, you can afford... Uh, many of these groups, you can afford, you know, there, you, we need to find our communities, because in community, we create, but also your, your pathology, I love a good diagnosis. I mean, the minute I mean, you're, you're so psychologically minded, it comes through in reading or listening to your work. It's like, it, it really feels like the divergence between intuition and psychology. Uh, yes. Although I always refer people who want, you know, I, I have students who all, my students, they get to touch base with me intuitively because I'm growing them to be intuitives. They're my children. Um, and, uh, and then become my teachers and, and my, my counselors. But if they want to reassurance a lot, I'm like, you know what? intuitives make the crappiest therapists. And I have a list a mile long of psychiatrists and psychotherapists and, and, you know, somatic uh, workers to refer to because an intuitive, I am the worst therapist. Like you would have to fire me in a session. I'm the worst therapist because I don't care about your process. I am not going to wait to, I don't want to hear your story. I talk, I do all the talking. I'm going to tell you what's going to happen. I'm going to tell you what you should do. And it's your job to then go to your therapist or go to a group or find the resources to be able to do it. But, but intuition, again, is the opposite end of the spectrum of therapy. It's saying, this is going to happen. Do this and you'll have this result. Uh, here's what you have to do it with. But it it's healing that allows you to actually do it. And that healing is different for, for everyone. But I, one of the greatest things I think people can have of counsel, as counselors of any kind is a great referral list. And when you do your individual sessions and you say you can tell them 
what to do. Is that when you sort of step into the mediumship role, you step into that eye or that's separate? I do very little mediumship. I'll do mediumship if a parent loses a child or a child loses, an adult child loses a parent when has some issues that I think should be resolved. I am the only, I've worked for the same companies for 30 years and, and I still work for them and I don't take new clients. So my readings are always on my advanced students. Um, and when I read for them and, and I warn them, it's going to be intrusive I mean, my advanced students, I'll pick up the phone call and I'll say, I can hear you thinking of leaving your husband and this is not the right time. And here's why, mm. um, you know, take this to your therapist, blah, blah, blah. Um, but so the only individuals I read are individuals who are, who are training with me. Um, except if you happen to be unfortunate enough to sit next to me at a dinner party, but, um, <laughs> and, and I, I tend not to use mediumship because I don't care how they feel about things. I want them to know this is what I see. This is what's coming up. This is what's around you. How you feel about it is your therapist business and your business, but I can't help you with that. That's not something I can help you as a healer doing lay on of hands, but, uh, which I'll send them to someone else in their boot camp group to do. But I, I can only tell you, if you do this, this will happen. And by the way, no one's 100%. I make mistakes. So it is so important for people not to throw away their own judgment, you know, and, and you also need to do things in your own time. You know, I may be able to see that a student's going to get a divorce in seven years to a person they're marrying. I would never say that. I would say, huh, do you have a prenup? Do you need a legal referral? You know, it, it's, um, you know, and, and they'll say, oh, do you see something happening? And I'm like, no, but a responsible adult makes clear contracts. And we work a lot on contracts in our group because energetically, whether it's you, your contract and buying a new car or the constantly revised contracts of your relationships with children, with husband, with family, with world, with self, you need to know what those agreements are. You need to know when you fall short on a contract, you need to renegotiate or apologize or compensate. Uh, you need to know when someone else has burned their area of the contract and you are no longer beholden to those rules. Like it's so important. And I hope as I'm saying this, your listeners are doing this because you know everything I say is really simple. If you allow yourself to see, oh, wow, what am I struggling with now? What is that contract? Um, mm. And what, what, where was the original contract that I'm replicating? So for example, I have a contract with my mother who committed suicide when I was 14 of, I will give you, I'll share everything. I will be selfless. I'll give you everything. Just don't die. Well, newsflash, she died 50 years ago. And, and I, but I replicate those contracts and and they fall short. And so it's important for me to see, oh, okay, these contracts, I'm, I'm not beholden to this contract anymore. Let me notice how to use that energy differently in my life. Let me so, Yeah, so that, I mean, that to me sounds very much psychological. Like what are, how do your early relationships inform, you call them contracts, the contracts that you make and how do those, show up in different areas of your life and different relationships and how do you rewrite those contracts 
So you're not repeating the same patterns over and over again. And how do you cop to what you were getting? You know, I I mean, you have to, when you want to dissolve a contract, like people say, I accept abundance into my life. I'm like, it's not that easy, dear. You know, (laughs) uh, there is, you get something from not having abundance. What is that? What do you have to give up? Oh, I have to give up the hope that I'll ever be taken care of. Now, often people give up that hope. They mourn it. It's awful. They have a dark night of the soul. They then create abundance. And then they find that, yes, they can be taken care of, but their subconscious was not going to allow them to sacrifice their power in themselves to do that. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, I think just like it's hard to separate the spiritual from the physical, it's hard to separate the psychological from the intellectual. Our beliefs are our psychology. Beliefs are intellectual, but our, but psychology is repetitive and patterned. Our 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 bodies are a reflection of our experiences and beliefs. But guess what? The nice thing about being an adult is we can change it, and none of us can do it alone. You know, we all need, this is what I love about self-help. And I write all of my books as workshops because we all need help. Mm -hmm. And I, I think it's so important. One of the most important things that has happened in the last few decades is therapy has been destigmatized. Medication has been destigmatized. Hell, if you're bipolar, a little dusting of lithium will change your life. Yes. Uh, you know, neurology has has been introduced to psychology, spirituality, which we can also call purpose, has been introduced. And studies show that purpose is the greatest indicator of longevity in older adults. You know, not smoking, not weight, not diet, purpose and connection. And purpose is connection. Purpose is mm-hmm. connection to the physical world because if we were supposed to, I, my new book is really about the regressiveness of spirituality. If we were supposed to be sitting on a cushion chanting Om and living without food on air, we'd be dead and we could do that. But we are here for a much harder job, which is how do I create joy, health, success, connection, better orgasms. How do I? <laughs> I love how you brought that in because just so you all know, before we started talking, Laura was like, I could talk about anything. We could talk about spirituality, vaginal orgasms. And I was like, we don't normally go there on the show, but here we are. So I love how you- Is my friend to me was here this morning and she is such a great intuitive. um, And she wrote a great book about her trauma called Inside Out. And, um, And she, I remember 30, over 30 years ago, she was talking about how important it is to teach women about physical pleasure, how that disconnects them. And now, of course, everyone's putting vibrators in goodie bags. Right. But but it, it I, was, I should probably go to those parties. Let me know where they are. <laughs> um, but um, but it's it's you know, it was a taboo topic when she and I were young. And um, and it it is, you know, it it is okay to want to be happy to want to have abundant resources, to want to be healthy, to want to be loved. It's okay to want, it's okay to 
to be materialistic because we live in a material world and we need material supports. And one of the things I would say is that the spirituality movement has traditionally uh, undermined the very important use of intuition, which is how do we use our lives to get our needs met? And then how do we create from that? Mm. So take me back to that divorce situation that you saw, that intuitive hit you got that in seven years, this was going to be over. Is there a way to change that outcome? If you were to say to that person, maybe, have you thought about how your um, previous relationship might impact how you feel in this relationship and then they go and they do a whole lot of work and their partner does work and they realize that maybe they weren't connecting around this this and that issue but they really needed to and so they're able to shift and change that outcome see i am not so about what i could see is that person coming back in five years and saying oh i looked at my notes because i always have people take notes uh I looked at my notes and I noticed that you said this and now, you know, we're really not getting along. That's the point to do that because maybe, I mean, I have had a couple relationships in my life and I'm married to my second husband uh, who I met at age 50 something. I forget 52. I'm 64 now. You're 64. Um, 64. Um, but you know, wow. I, I'm glad that I married my first husband and had my beautiful, amazing son with him. Although we split up when I was pregnant after 16 years, I wouldn't have wanted to undo that relationship and the learning that I had and the, you know, he's an artist and the, the, the beauty that I learned to appreciate through that. And, you know, the independence that I had to create, I, I remember thanking him for, you know, basically giving me nothing in the divorce. I said, you know, thank you. Cause if you had given me something, I never would have had to write a New York, two New York times bestsellers. I never would have had to come out of my introversion and become a speaker. I would have stayed in the closet about this really wonderful gift that mm. I have. So, you know, thank you for being a son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> have wanted to miss that and that I don't feel that that's a decision that I want to make for other people. I think that readings do give people enough information. One reason, I don't allow taping for many reasons. And those of you who are professional intuitives hear this. A, intuition doesn't exist. So if you give a financial, if you say this company, if you predict accurately for a company, you could be prosecuted for insider trading as opposed to just being an intuitive and knowing nothing about the company. So I don't allow, uh, I don't allow taping for legal reasons for my own protection, but also for the client's protection. And, and this includes my business clients. My clients take written notes and guess what? They often don't hear what's wrong and they don't hear what they can't emotionally process. Hmm. And it's very important to acknowledge your client's own power in being able to use their filter. It isn't, you don't want to know something, even if it's true, if it's gonna challenge the integrity of your functioning. So I'm very careful about making decisions for people. I try to give them enough information to make decisions for themselves. There are 
except there are no hard and fast rules. There are exceptions. There were there is someone uh, in one of my groups who I knew this person was was in a marriage that ultimately they were going to have to leave, but that they also needed to create something while they were there that they wouldn't be able to create otherwise. Mm -hmm. um, and I did because it was a student. And my students have lots of intuitive input because they read each other all the time over years. My boot camps from 35 years ago, they're still reading each other. And they have new people from new boot camps. So I have boot camp gatherings, kind of raves, where someone who took boot camp 30 years ago will be read by someone who took boot camp last year. Um, so with my students, I do tend to say, listen, I could be wrong. And I start every reading with, I could be wrong, one intuitive's vision here, one intuitive's observation. But, and often when you're doing a reading, and I'm sure you've had this experience, you're telling people enough about themselves, things there's no way you could have known, details there's no way that you could have known, that they can in a way, fill in the blanks better than you can mm -hmm. and make a conscious decision for themselves. But I'm really, I'm really uh, careful. And I think in parenting, the hardest thing for me has been that I, I do see clearly, although there are just like anyone else, things I repress, you don't see what you don't see. Right. But stepping back and saying, this is a mistake he has to make. And it's ripping me apart because I would give up every organ in my body to not have him have any- This kind of pain or, yeah. But one of the things that he's really taught me, he's he's so much more psychologically intact than I am, is that he has a right to his own mistakes and he has a right to his own pain. And just because I know is even more of a reason to keep my mouth shut. So how does embodiment fit into all of this? Because you talk- very much about the importance of embodiment and what exactly does that mean and why is it so important when doing intuitive work talking about this which is the system i live the circle i mean i still do the book i always have a copy near me um embodiment is the next step after mindfulness so mindfulness is just being in your experience now you know what's in your room how do you feel are you hungry are you happy embodiment is allowing your those same receptors with which you experience reality to experience a reality that's possible, but not quite there yet. Now, a simple example of that is, you know, I'm, I'm now mindful, but I'm noticing, oh, my back kind of has been in this position. When I focus on my mindfulness, my back has been in, in a bad position for too long and I need to shift. So already in my mindfulness, I can make changes to make the experience better. Now with embodiment, in my group, we're always working on one goal, just one. And just one because we spend our lives splaying our attention all over the place, and it also splays our power. So I ask the very first step in the circle is what, what is your biggest goal right now? Doesn't mean you don't care about the rest of your life. You know, doesn't mean that if your biggest goal is that you become a millionaire, that you don't care about your family, you don't care about your health, you don't care about your relationship. It means that is the context through which you're gonna build all those other things. And because you are contextualizing everything that happens to that one goal, you have a laser-like ability 
to create it. Now it's kind of like if you're if you're a a psychology major, it doesn't mean you don't want to make a living. It doesn't mean you don't want to get married. It doesn't mean you don't want to be healthy. But it means that your course load is going to be in psychology and through psychology, you're going to create all those other things. Um, so embodiment see. is allowing, and we're used to creative visualization, but the problem with creative visualization is the same problem with mindfulness, which is we can only feel what we habitually feel. We don't have receptors for the rest of it, or we have very rudimentary receptors. Um, you only see what you believe. And of course, little bits come in. That's what intuition is for. And that's sometimes why we create crisis so we can fracture some of that. But we tend to function in a grid. And when we open, when we visualize, we're visualizing really from that old grid. Whereas when we embody, what we do is we don't visualize, but we allow. So we allow the experience of our goal to join our experience of this moment. And from that, not only do we begin to make moves that integrate our goal into our moment, not only do we find learning opportunities to become the person who can have that goal, but our telepathy changes. The way we connect with the world around us begins to change. And then what happens is our patterns change, the synchronicities we encounter change. So our life becomes a learning experience. Mm -hmm. um, it changes the relationship. So this new reality that I'm working on and whenever I get a reality, I always know when I'm about to get exactly what I want because I'm bored with it and I want something else. But I make myself stick with it until I can put a period at the end of it. But my husband has changed with this new reality so much because one of the things that the circle does is you get what you want by becoming the person who can have it. And that's the permanent gain. So so some people would call what you're talking about manifestation, perhaps? Yes, but, but you know, when you put water in an ice tray and put it in the freezer, you are manifesting an ice cube. Manifesting just means you are making something happen. And by the way, that's what all of life is about. You know, and that's what, I mean, you're, you're a therapist. Changing people's patterns is manifesting something different. Mm -hmm. And what's so interesting is just like a fraction of a degree of climate change can cause cataclysmic events all over the world. A teeny, tiny change can create a whole new reality. Yeah. Yeah. And when it does. And when it does. Wow. And by the way, when it does, I always use the story of uh, when I met my husband, my my goal in the circle, we call it a new reality, was I am my beloved's and my beloved is mine. I really my my son was going to college. I really wanted a relationship in my I'm just a relationship person. Isn't that from um... Jewish wedding? So yeah. Yes, I am my beloved and my beloved. beloved is mine. Yeah. Now, I did not want to get married. I ended up married. Anyway, I probably should have picked different wording because my husband insisted on getting married. I'm like, why are you getting married? We're like not young. But I love him and I got married and I was so glad. I burst into tears the minute I said I do. But one of the things that that I tell people is 
you know, I, I, I met the man who would become my husband and it wasn't like, oh, wow, I have my new reality. It was, do I really want this? And he takes closet space and oh my God, he has more shoes than I do. And whose house are we going to live in? And there was so much reality to, to process, um, you know, getting manifesting is hard work, not to manifest, not to get what you want, but actually to become the person who can accommodate it. Um, my closet, I can show you, my closet is out here in the girls' part of my living room because my husband has taken all the closet space in our bedroom. So I go out into the living room. I wake up at five, he wakes up at 11. I go into the living room to get dressed because I have no closet space, you know? So and 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 metaphorically also we're both alphas i've had to learn oh wow i'm not the only breadwinner anymore there mm-hmm. there are two alphas so when he had got a huge job as a screenwriter when he got a huge job in london and he said well we got to go to london i'll get you a great apartment i'm like i've had this great apartment for 40 years i don't need to go to london he goes well i do and it was like oh wait but i have a tour in the us and i I had to decide, okay, I'm going to let him be the alpha for a couple of years and mm-hmm. I have to be the beta because I value this relationship. So, you know, manifesting isn't, oh, miracles happened. Look at the unicorns. It's woo, big change. There was a reason I didn't manifest this before. And I got to every day make that choice to be on board. Mm-hmm. I have and- a question around you by the way like my husband right now I, with my new reality he's he's making a lot of changes some of them kicking and screaming um but he's making a lot of changes and that's wonderful because we'll let people say i want a good relationship you decide that every day a thousand percent and you can change what i found so interesting is when i'm in a relationship whether it be a friendship a work relationship that isn't working for me, I look at, okay, what, how can I shift my mindset to have it feel the way I want it to feel? And then once I make that shift, suddenly the relationship shifts and the other person didn't have any idea that I felt the way I did. It just shifted because I shifted. And what I call that is it's forget self-blame and hair shirt. That's, you know, uh, guilt is a lot like masturbation. It only pleases you. Um, it's, if you just pretend everything's your fault, that gives you the power to change it. It's, it's really a very important, uh, element is to, is to take your power. And listen, there are, I am in awe of human beings. And I think it's the one wonderful, one of the many wonderful things of being a teacher. I see what my students go through and, you know, I have my own set of difficulties, but I can manage them. I look at what they go through and the changes they make. And I think every single person out there is a hero. Every single person. Mm-hmm. It is really, you know, it's a lot. Yeah. But, but, and that's why I love what I do because I get to live in that vulnerable space with people where you see their heroicism. Heroicism? Is that the word? Heroicism? Uh, you're asking Uh, every day whereas in the general population people don't let you see that right they're much more walled off to that 
But when you do see how much people go through and how they're still standing and how they're able to make changes in their life, it's so incredibly rewarding, rewarding to watch. People are, people are amazing. I had someone, a very successful person say to me, oh, that's, this is a worthwhile person. I'm like, how do you define someone who's not a worthwhile person? You know, be in Naples during the garbage strike. See how much you respect those people who collect your trash every day. Because, Mm -hmm. boy, you know, we are all, we are all part of, of an interconnected reality. And the parts we don't respect are the parts that we fear in ourselves. So it's so, it is such an, uh, an important process of healing to really not think of somebody's and nobody's or important or not important. Brushing your teeth may not be as important as making your first million, but if you don't brush your teeth, boy, are you going to have problems? Mm-hmm. It's it really there the uh, one of my favorite quotes I post these little homework quotes from my students on Instagram, the miracles are in the mundane. They're in yep. the one foot in front of the other. You do not know where that opportunity, <clears throat> where that joy. You don't know where that's going to occur. Can I ask this question about? validating intuition. And I'm I'm just throwing this out there because this just happened to me and I'm curious your thought on it. So I had this experience about working with someone new for some of the work that I do with the podcast and everything. And intuitively I felt, okay, this is the right next step, but I've had some not so right next step. So um, all leading me in the right direction. I get that. So I had this intuition like, yes, this is the right next step. I then said to the universe, can you validate this for me in this specific way? And I was waiting and waiting and waiting. And then yesterday, out of nowhere, I'm sitting with my mom. I said to the universe, I said, will you please validate this with you've got this? I was that specific. I want you've got this. However, that shows up. This was two weeks ago. Yesterday, I'm sitting with my mom at a baseball game and out of nowhere, she says something along the lines of, did you hear something about this commercial where they say you've got this? Totally random that those words would come out of my mom's mouth in the context of of everything that we were talking about, which had nothing to do with anything I was doing. It was like just a random conversation. Is that a way to use kind of, I don't even know what you'd call that, perhaps signs, synchronicities to validate the experience of intuition? Um, I would say no. Okay. I'm going to tell you why. First of all, it's your mother who you're probably very telepathic with. Um, mm. The way to validate intuition is to keep good records. Same way you keep books at a company. So I have, uh, I have a book and I write down and date all of my intuitive hits and I make timelines. So I'm really careful and I train my students to make timelines. So if A happens and B happens, C will most likely happen. Um, that, you know, document your intuitions and then notice how they happen and also notice where your biases are. Um, I, I think it's, you know, signs are, 
signs are are interesting in that um for example i i um i won't say the sign because my um i don't want people to know it because it's a synchronicity but i have uh my both my brother and my sister suicided again mm-hmm. the downside of intuition without good boundaries and without being mindful um but i my sister especially i say uh when when this person is doing well, someone we both love, please send me and I tell her what to send me. Sure enough, she will send, someone Someone will send it to me. And I always say guardian angels are actually mediums. They're people that that another energy can come into and guide to do something that they can't do in the material world. So, so I will get it. If someone will send me this thing that I have designated and I will check out this person and sure enough, they've had a promotion. They got their degree, like something wonderful has happened for them. And it's, you know, so it's unrelated signs that then you can verify. So you, what I'm saying is you don't know if that was a sign until you make the move and it either goes right or wrong. If it goes right, it was a sign. If it goes wrong, it was probably telepathy, but that's not really a chance you want to take with your decision-making. With your decision-making, what you want is to notice, you know, signs are often things like seeing the same billboard seven times. Your intuition and your subconscious and your awareness join forces to make you aware of something. Um, It could be a sign for uh, a temp company that provides assistance where you were thinking of hiring one, which would have been a huge burden for your company. And you keep seeing the sign all of a sudden it goes, oh my God, yes, I that is the top thing on my list. I didn't even put the two things together. Maybe I should start with a temp company. Let me look into that. And then you do the numbers and sure enough, it's a much better way. You don't need 40 hours a week, you need 12. So you know, don't throw intellect out and don't throw emotion out. There are a lot of things my intuition tells me I should do that emotionally I'm just not equipped to do yet. A few more years of therapy. Uh, but, you know, there are there are things that that I know I should eat that I just can't swallow. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I ask, as I say, and welcome to your crisis, show me another way you know can't do green juice i'm sorry can't even look at someone drinking green juice without gagging show me another way and it's 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 really um we do have choices and i think uh, for me the there there are some beautiful gifts in intuition one is that instant ability to be connected to a stranger or that instant ability to function in a strange culture or environment. But the other are the amount of options it gives us for everything, for success, for love, for health. Um, you know, when, when I really couldn't do a grand plié anymore, this wonderful trainer dropped into my lap as a gift from a client. Mm. Um, you know, it's it. You work with the world, and one of the things that that I always uh, tell my students, especially my healing students, is when you find yourself working against something, 
That's unnecessary effort. How can you work with, perhaps work with something else? You know, you have a shitty boss, don't work against them. Work with a routine. Work with, you know, how can you work with and make what you need to work against peripheral? Now, that's not always possible. Sometimes you have created a situation where you are under attack and where you need to defend. And then intuition is wonderful at showing you how to properly defend yourself. Um, what is the first step before we wrap up for today? What is the first step someone should take other than buying your books, which are fantastic, but what are the first steps someone should take to start to tap in? Um, well, first of all, you're always tapped in. You just don't, you're not always conscious of the information. Know what your questions or goals are and write them down and try to consolidate. Um, you know, a lot of us have a laundry list of 20 things. That filing system, you're never going to be able to find. What is your big goal? What are your other goals? There's a, um, a place in the circle where called coherence where we say, okay, what are the five top things in my life and in myself that need to work together? Write those down. The self, the mind, your feelings, it's all a messy, messy, messy place. Writing them down and not on your computer, literally on a piece of paper, writing down, this is my goal. These are my questions. Right. And then you'll, what will happen is organically, you'll notice when intuitions, when data comes in and you'll know where to put it, ah, this data is under, I want a wonderful relationship. This data is under, I want to have energy. This data is under, so you, you'll you know where to file it because it is specific and it's actual data. You're not going to be able to file your business data under love. Um, so keep, document things and document them well also Dreams are not good sources of intuition because dreams are, you're downloading your day. It's your psychological vomit. It's your- You're working through stuff usually in that, in that space. And then some intuition, but you don't know what's what. That's a great way to really make yourself neurotic. However, sleep work is wonderful because in your sleep state, your intuition doesn't have to measure and evaluate your environment. And that's what it's doing most of the time give, know what you're working on. I'm working on not, I'm working on feeling like I'm enough. I'm working on being successful in my environment. I'm working on resolving this relationship in a good way for both of us. I'm And write it down and just say, okay, I'm, I'm going to dedicate sleep this week to this issue. And you don't even have to consciously know what it is you're working through. Although it's wonderful to know where is your attention when you wake up? Don't forget remembering your dreams. Where's your attention? Who are you thinking of? What are you thinking of? What feeling is predominant? Um, what are you hungry for? What do you sense that you need to avoid? What, what do you, how do you need to shift to be productive in this day? Um, like I'm an anxiety type. I wake up with anxiety. I know always I need to shift into positive action or my anxiety will loop and I'll chase my tail all day. Not very productive and not very healthy. 
So sleep work is wonderful. Write down a task for yourself. Do it for at least a week. And it is amazing the kinds of shifts that happen in your life with that simple, simple fix. Wow, Laura, I could literally talk to you all day. This was Thank this you. was fantastic. If people are interested in your work, I hope you'll come on when your new book comes out too. And we'll talk about that. Um, where, where can they find you? lauraday.com. And when it says contact Laura, people write such personal things. I'm the only one who reads my email. So three sentences max, please. Um, I'm on Laura Day Intuit on Instagram almost every morning. We exchange reading, we exchange healings. Um, I've written six books. You can sign up for my newsletter. There are always links, but um, I don't recommend doing all the books together. The circle is a great frame for all of the intuitive training, um, but then I really recommend them one at a time. And um, and I really, I, I, I think that I love teaching intuition because it is the way that we are our own best guides. It, it will give us a way to turn on the dime. And remember that a miracle takes a moment. You, you meet your partner in a moment. You walk into a good job in a moment. You find the, the, the resources, uh, the state resources that will help you make the transition between homelessness and being housed in a, in a moment. Those moments but really happen. So no matter where you are right now, your miracle without magic, but your real structural miracle is a moment away. So put one foot in front of the other. That is always my best advice. I love that. I call those tiny miracles. I call those little moments of, you know, where you make a choice and that's a tiny miracle. So thank you so much for your time today and for this amazing, amazing information. I just, I know I'm going to dig in deeper to your work as well, because I think it really resonates with me. So thank you for sharing and taking the time today. You and I look forward to seeing you in Chicago. I hope so. Like what you heard today and want to hear more? Wondering what comes next and what it all means? Head over to Apple Podcast, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, or anywhere you get your podcasts and hit subscribe. Also, if you could take a minute to rate and review my podcast, I would really appreciate it. Stay tuned as we continue to explore life, death, and the space between. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack 
for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.